word of the Lord, hear him as he speaks to us again this morning. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it will bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. The branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is, by this is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated if you would, as we turn our hearts to the Lord. If you will grab your Bibles and turn to John 15, the passage in which we just looked at, John 15, the first 11 verses. I am going to take a bit of a risk today. I am uh, taking a bit of a risk in the sermon This passage is marvelous in terms of the metaphor in which Jesus uses here. This is a deep, rich, abiding metaphor that holds together, that communicates so very much of what it means to be a believer, what it means to walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. This metaphor is incredibly uh, dense, incredibly rich in terms of all of what it can communicate to us. And I believe that part of my job, when we get together as a body in in the time of worship, the Lord speaks to us. He speaks to us through His Word. And then we have a chance to kind of talk about that Word together to say, hey, look, this is what we think has gone on. Usually it happens by you hearing either Doug or I talk about, hey, look, this is what we think this Scripture is communicating for us. The risk is this. I am not going to walk us through that metaphor. I'm not going to talk with you about what the metaphor is all about here in which Jesus is communicating. Therefore, I desperately need you to spend some time meditating on that metaphor. Meditate on this passage sometime this day or this week. I'm not asking for a lot of time. If you spend five minutes in this passage, you'll be amazed at the rich things in which you find in here. This is a a metaphor. Now, I don't know anything about vines. I I don't know anything about growing vines or growing grapes or anything like that. I mean, I know nothing. And yet, any amount of time you spend in this passage, even if you don't know anything about vines, is very going to be worth your while. It's going to be very beneficial for you. So, I am going to take a different tack in what I do here today, but that is still dependent upon you guys doing what I think you need to do, which is spend some time reflecting on God's Word, God speaks to us, as He has in this passage, then I ask you to spend some time reflecting upon it so that the Lord might speak with that passage into your lives. Five minutes. 
will do great things for your life as you look at this passage. Again, you can see that a little bit simply in verse 5. If you open your scriptures and just look at verse 5 for a second, you can see exactly what we're talking about here. Jesus begins by saying, I am the vine. Uh, And again, if you don't know anything about vines, you kind of get the sense, nevertheless, that he's the the essence, the real thing, and that we are the branches, that that we come off of the vine, that that we're supposed to abide in him. Abide is not a term that we use very often. It's, a, it's kind of a religious-y kind of a term. Uh, but you kind of get the sense of what it means. It's, it's that idea of, of living in or being surrounded by or being so intimately connected. There's, abiding means something like that. Reflect upon it. You'll be amazed at what you get. Fruit, that we're bearing much fruit. And what is pruning and, and who is the vine dresser? All of these kind of things. Uh, are built into this metaphor. It's going to be beautiful when you spend some time looking at it. I'm not going to do that. What we're going to do is that we're going to talk now about the, the theology that underlies this metaphor. Jesus is trying to communicate. Jesus is communicating this wonderfully great insight into how we are connected to him, what it means to be connected to him. And I am going to explore with us a little bit some of the theology that undergirds that that uh, metaphor. What does it mean for us to be connected to Jesus? Now, I sit and I think of my relationship with my wife, Kelly. I know I, I'm married to Kelly. I understand what that looks like, married. Uh, I, I have kids, so I understand what it means to parent my kids. I can parent my kids. Uh, but what does it mean? How do, can we describe the, the relationship, the intimacy, the connectedness, that we have with God. What, what language do we use? We can say that we're married to Jesus. And of course the scripture uses that language. And that's not inappropriate. That's somewhat insightful. We can also easily see how it is that the father parents us. Parents is us as children. We can appreciate and see that. But theologically there's an idea out there. A term that gets tossed out. That encapsulates a lot of this. And it comes right out of scripture itself that we are united with Christ. So that's the idea that I want to talk about. I want to talk about what it means that we are united in Christ and kind of explore some of the different aspects of being united with Christ. Now, this is going to be a whole lot of information. I'm just going to pump out a whole lot of info at you. And as always, whenever a bunch of information comes at you, there's the temptation just to feel a little overwhelmed by it and just kind of say, well, I'll grapple with it later, or something like that. Uh, about 30-some-odd years ago, I was starting my job in a research laboratory, and the very first day I went into the wet lab, which is where a lot of the organic uh, compounds are, are uh, worked on and stuff, and I went in there with a, a uh, co-worker, and he started saying, okay, now, this is this chemical, and this is this compound. I'm looking against the wall, and there's well, you know, hundreds of these things. And he says, this is this chemical, this is this chemical, this is this compound. And he looks over at me and says, why aren't you writing this down? And I said, man, there's just so many of them. There's so much here. I'll just, I'll get it eventually. I'll just get it eventually. Go ahead. He says, no, no. He says, look, this is this compound, and it will kill you if you do this to it. This is this chemical, and it will kill you 
if you do this to it. This is this compound, and it will kill you if you did And I'm writing away, you know, because <laughs> suddenly it was incredibly important. Okay, now I'm about to data dump on you. I'm about to give you a whole lot of information, theological information, about what it means that we are united with Christ. And there's a chance that you're just going to say, well, okay, that's a lot of stuff to take in and allow it to wash over you. Look at verse 5 again in our text. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, I in him. It is he who bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. Now, is Jesus exaggerating there? Is he using hyperbole? Because all of us know lots of people who are not in Christ, who are not believers, that who live very fruitful lives. They raise great families. They are morally doing wonderful works. They're connected to their neighborhoods. They're very competent in their business fields. We all know people who are not Christians, and we wouldn't say that their life is nothing. Jesus does. I don't think this is a metaphor. I don't think this is an exaggeration. I think what Jesus is saying is, if you are not connected to me, if you are not united with Christ, your life accomplishes nothing. So as we talk about what it means to be united in Christ, I want you very carefully to note some of these things, because this is one of these ideas, if you're not united in Christ... This will kill you. If you're not united in Christ, this will kill you. If you're not united with Christ, this will kill you. What does it mean to be united with Christ? What, what is my relationship with Christ? I'm married to my wife. I parent my kids. How, how do I describe this idea of being united with Christ? Well, there's a number of different terms, a number of different ways in which we want to look at this. The first one is that it's a mystical union. Our, our union with Christ is a mystical union. Now, what do we mean by mystical? I don't mean like the mystic arts or, you know, something weird or, or uh, you know, something like that. What I mean by mystical union is that it's not perceivable by our senses. We are united. We are linked with Christ in such a way that you can't see it, that you can't taste it, you can't feel it. That's the benefit of the metaphor. When Jesus says, you must remain in me, that the vine that the branch must remain connected to the vine, you can kind of trace the, the branch down and say, aha, see, it is connected. You can see it with your eyes. You can feel it with your hands. The union that we have with Christ is like a mystical union. Uh, it's, it's supernatural. It's a spiritual union, but it's a real union. Just because we can't see it, just because we can't touch it or taste it, just because it's not perceivable to our fingers. Nevertheless, the union that we have with Christ is a mystical union. It is a real union, and we are tied, we are intimately locked in with Him. And apart from that, we can do nothing. Now, for every believer in this room, when you became a Christian, that is exactly what God has done to you. Long before you recognized it, he united you with Himself. He bound Himself 
with you in this mystical way. It's not like you can see a cord connecting you or, or something like that, but you are connected with Christ in this mystical way that you are held together by Him. And, that, and because of that being held together, you have life within you. That's what we talk about when we mention that not only is our union with Christ a mystical union, but it's also a vital union. It's a vital union. Now, we use the term vital meaning important, and indeed, our union with Christ is incredibly important. But that's not the essence here of what we're dealing with. When we're talking about a vital union, we're talking about a life-giving union. It, you bring vitality through the union that we have with Jesus Christ. Some of you who know the Scriptures or have read them or have listened to us as we've talked, know that this Bible talks about those people who are separated from Jesus by their sin, that they are dead, spiritually dead. And that the Bible uses that language over and over again to try to capture what sin does to us. It robs us. If you have a dead car or a dead cell phone or a dead battery, what are we talking about? It, it lacks power. It doesn't have the capability of doing anything. And according to the Scriptures, those who are separated from Jesus Christ by the power of the sin that holds fast onto them, they become powerless. They are dead. Well, how is it then, once we believe in Jesus, we become alive? Because that's what Christ gives to us. Christ brings to every person here who holds fast to Him, who believes in Jesus Christ, He gives that life. For He is the author of life. And He doesn't just give a life, but He gives it abundantly, pours it out upon us. Imagine a branch that is separated from the vine. How does that branch get life? It doesn't. It withers away and dies. Unless that branch is bound up again with the vine. And that's that life-giving, vital union that comes through Jesus Christ. That when we are united with Christ, we then have access. It's like we suddenly are able to tap into the life-giving blessings that are ours in Jesus Christ as He pours out that life into us. Our union with Christ is not just a mystical union that is a real union but a supernatural one, but it's a vital union. It gives life to all of us who are so desperately in need. But it's not just that. It's also a legal union. Now, our union with Christ is a legal union. What do I mean by a legal union? A legal union is a definition of your standing before God. How do we stand before God? Well, it all depends on the fact that we are legally united with Christ. Have you heard the uh, cute little catchphrase, you know, when God looks at you, He doesn't see you, He sees Jesus. Okay, it's a little tacky, but it's entirely true. That's exactly the case. That when our Father looks at you, if you are united with Christ, it's a legal uniting so that when the Father looks at you, He sees Jesus. Not because He can't see through Jesus, or not because you've got a Jesus mask on or something like that, but because you are legally connected to Jesus. So what happens to Jesus happens to you. Christ really and truly died on the cross for your sin. And because you were united with Him, really and truly, you died for your sin. 
Christ was resurrected from the grave. And because you were united with Him, really and truly, you too were raised from the dead. You don't remember it. We don't worry. Blah, blah, blah. That's the mystical part. But nevertheless, it is true that we are legally connected to Jesus Christ. So that what happens... Picture a, an ambassador. An ambassador uh, for a, a nation. Okay, So one of our ambassadors... Uh, if uh, what we are legally connected to that ambassador, what happens to that ambassador happens to us. If that ambassador goes to the king of wherever and declares war on that, it's not just the ambassador that's declared war. It's the whole United States that has declared war on that stuff because we are united together legally in the ambassador. What the ambassador does, we all do. What Jesus Christ does. We all do, because we are legally connected to Him. And if you are not legally connected to Him, you can do nothing. We are legally connected to Jesus, but it's not just our status or our standing. It's not just how Jesus, how God sees us. When we are united with Christ, it is beyond just our vision, God's vision that changes. We actually change because it's not just a legal union, it's also an organic union. Organic. In other words, it is a union that happens, that takes place where we really are connected. It's not just by how God determines to see us, but we really are connected to Jesus. How is it that the branch grows? It grows because it really and truly is stuck in with the vine. Really and truly, every Christian in this room truly is stuck in the vine. This is one of the great images that Paul uses. In Paul's writings, he writes all the time about the body, not all the time, but he uses the imagery of the body of Christ. That Christ is the head, and we all are connected to that body. We're all part of that body. We're all connected to Him so that what happens to the head, as the head has life in Himself, so then that life passes all the way through into the rest of the body. So not only is your standing before God as one who is legally connected to Jesus, but organically it really is the case. This is one of the great images of the Scripture. That as Christians, as we grow in our faith, we are being transformed more and more every day into the image of Jesus Christ. Every Christian in this room, if you know it, if you're being disobedient in your faith, if you're being very passionate about your faith, every Christian in this room, by blessing of God, is being transformed more and more slowly into the image of Christ. How does that happen? You are organically united with Christ. Because of your union with Christ, you are saved from that great condemnation that apart from Christ... You can do nothing. We have this mystical union. It's, it, it, we can't really put our hands on it. But it's true. We know what it is. We, and it's vital. It gives life to our bodies. And it determines how we are seen by God the Father. That we are legally united with Jesus Christ. And that's organically really true happening within us. And it happens not just in us, but within us as a corporate body. Because the union that we have with Christ is a corporate union. That is, that it encompasses all of us. 
that there's a body imagery here that the Bible uses. When it talks, when Jesus talks about this passage and says, I am the vine, you are the branches, it's not you specifically, it's you collectively. All of you are the branches. Together, we are part of the union. We, the union with Christ is something that we do collectively as a body. There is no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. There is no such thing as being just, oh, it's just me and God. I can worship in my closet. I can worship in my, all by myself. I can worship while I'm out hunting or whatever. Yes, you can, but that's not what your union is. Your union with Christ is a corporate union. It is all of us together. Peter uses the image of stones being fit into a building. The building grows throughout the world, in the, in the plains, and upon the building growing, it's all the different stones being fit together to form one purpose. You are part of one purpose in God's mind, our union with Christ. Any single time you get the sense that it's just you and God, you're wrong. Because that's not the union He has brought together. He has brought together a corporate union. Our union with Christ, it's a mystical union, it's a vital union, it's a legal union, it's an organic union, it's a corporate union. It is also absolutely an individual union. You are not united with Christ because you come to church. You're not united with Christ because... Your spouse comes to church. You're not united with Christ because your parents were Christians. You're not united with Christ because you say you're a Christian. You're united with Christ because you trust and believe in Jesus Christ. That is that, that metric that our Lord uses to take to Himself not a group of people alone, but individuals in that group. Yes, you're part of that corporate union, but that union with Christ is something that you... You cannot swim just in the crowd and hope that you avoid the attention. This is a your union with Christ is for you as an individual. It is your name that is written in the book of life. It is your name that our Lord has tattooed on his hands. It is your name that is so essential and important to our Lord Jesus Christ. Our union with Christ absolutely is a corporate one. It's all of us together. It is but it's absolutely also individual for each and every person in this room. Apart from that union with Christ, that mystical union, you can do nothing. Apart from that vital union that gives you life, real life, you are powerless and can do nothing. Apart from that union with Christ that is legal, that Jesus looks at you and sees Himself in you, that you can do nothing, you can accomplish nothing in this world without that organic union where we are brought to one another in a corporate body in His presence individually, each and every one of you. And how is it here that doesn't desperately want that kind of union? Ask yourself, are you united with Christ? It's not so easy as to see a cord. Is the cord connected or whatever? Am I 
physically attached. It's a mystical union. You're not going to be able to find a cord. Are you connected to Jesus Christ? Have you given your life to Him? Are you so bound up with the intimacy of loving your Lord? Are you so intimately connected with Him that you can't separate yourself from it? But our union with Christ is not this thing where you, we all come part of the blob or whatever and we lose our individuality. It's an individual union that holds you to Jesus Christ. And there is but one way to experience that. And that is through the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the, our union with Christ is a mediated union. A mediated union. What do I mean by mediated? There's somebody there that connects us to Jesus Christ. This is the reason why, if you were here last week, Doug looked at the passage that immediately precedes this passage that talks about the giving of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to those of us who claim the name of Jesus Christ specifically because it is the Holy Spirit's job to unite us, to tie us together to Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit's job that makes us, that transforms us more and more into His image. It's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives that bonds us to Jesus Christ. It is a mediated union. It's a mystical union. It's a corporate union. It's an individual. It is all of those things. And apart from that union, you can do nothing. Which brings us to the table. Because we are men and women that hear that kind of image that see that kind of sense that, oh, there's a possibility here of being united with Christ, being tied up with Him. I can be bound with Christ. But how do we experience that? How do we put our hands on that? How do I say, yes, Lord, this is what I want? And He has granted to us the table. It is here that we actually get a physical expression of our love and of God's love for us. Where we can actually take what represents God's body and His blood and we take it into ourselves and so that we say this is what it means to be so wrapped up in Jesus. This is what it means to have Jesus so wrap me up in Himself that spiritually Christ is present at this table. This table is open to all those who proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. To everyone who is united with Him, this table is for you. This is a physical manifestation of what we know to be true. That our Lord Jesus has bonded us with Himself. If you're not sure if that's you, I beg you to come up and talk to me. Talk to Doug. Talk to Jerry. Talk to one of the staff that are here. Talk to the elders. There is nothing you can do apart from Jesus Christ. Don't let that be your life. Not when the Lord is present right here with us. If that's not you, we encourage you to pass the, let the elements pass you by. Come, pray before the Lord and say, do, is my life now yours, O Lord? Take me as your own. 
This is an opportunity that each of us have as we come before the Lord and to the table together. Let's join our hearts together as we pray. Lord in heaven, we do ask that you would take these elements, the bread and the juice, that you would use them to communicate your love to us, that we would know of our union with you, that as we are here and we actually taste the body and the blood of Jesus Christ through the bread and the juice that is present here, would you spiritually be in our presence, that we might know of our union with you now and forevermore, we pray. Amen.